Well, hello again. This is Dr. Fisher. This is your final video, which means you're almost done with the course. Praise the Lord. I'm sure you're looking forward to uh, getting through to the end. So hang in there. The end's in sight. Now, this video is about the people side of ethics. And I think really when it all comes down to it, most things in business uh, come down to how you treat other people. You know, even those of us that are more task-oriented, we're just about getting the task done. have to remember that every task has a people component because you know what? It's people doing those tasks. Even technology uh, has a people component because it's the IT people that have to write the programs and make sure the hardware and the legacy systems and all of that are in place. So we really just, you know, doggone it, we have to love one another. We have to get along with one another well. We have to walk through conflicts with one another well. And I think that's where the biblical idea of covenant comes in, comes in so handy because it talks about this relationship. We're all in this together. We love one another. We don't always like one another, but we love one another and we care about one another. And I think um, businesses really fall prey to failure when they don't care for people well. And they, they, they commit what I call a vision killer, where they have their, their nice stated vision of, and mission statement of what they think is good. And it's always grandy and, and lofty. Grandy. It's always grandiose. It's as if I'm at you know, week eight with you. Um, and uh, so these businesses, they'll, they'll say the right thing, whether it's towards their internal employees or to the public. But because they do something really badly in how they treat their employees or how they treat a customer or a community group or the environment, it just creates massive cynicism. And that's the vision killer. It's like, yeah, you talk a good game, but you can't deliver. You don't really care. It's all hype for you. So if you're in a business, how do you prevent that from happening? Well, again, it goes back to caring for one another. It goes back to uh, mutual accountability. If you're a boss, um, do you walk through conflicts well with your employees? Do they feel like you really listen to them and that, that you really care what they have to say? Uh, or are you too, too busy being offended by what, you know, how they acted to really you know, to humble yourself before the Lord and serve them as Christ came to serve us, the Son of God, did not come to be served, but to serve others. And we need to do the same thing. Um, a big thing in, in businesses is conflict resolution. And in, in departments, it's easy for the accounting department to badmouth other departments because you're just thinking, well, why are they doing things that make our lives difficult? And meanwhile, they're thinking, why is accounting so difficult and hard to work with? Because everybody's got their own things they've got to get done. And oftentimes, they can be a little bit conflicting. And instead of loving one another through that, we badmouth one another, we tear at one another, and that destroys the health internally of that organization. You know, and really that points to a need for a savior, doesn't it? Because it's very easy to be critical. It's very easy to assume the worst. And I'm not telling you this as someone that never struggles with it. I'm, I'm speaking from a lot of personal experience. Uh, conflicts are uh, huge. Um, are we going to look at the other person as a total jerk and idiot are we going to assume that maybe they just had a hard day and they're stressed out and that's why they lashed out at me? And that, again, takes humility and it takes a, a supernatural change of the heart. I think it takes Jesus Christ in our lives. Uh, performance management and the HR process is a huge issue, too, internally within organizations, certainly in terms of ethics and corporate responsibility. Many a lawsuit have been filed because employees felt they were wrongfully terminated. Now, the best way to prevent that from happening if you're in leadership is to view that process, well, to view it as a process, not as a one-act setting. In other words, a lot of companies do the yearly performance evaluation. 
and the employee kind of gets told, well, here's the things you've done wrong. Well, that's not really fair. In fact, that's, a lot of employees feel like they kind of got blown out of the water. Like, this is the first time I'm hearing about these issues. And, uh, you know, that, that's certainly not productive for the company. But I think as a manager, it's uncomfortable to talk to employees about issues. It's unpleasant. We don't want to have to tell an employee, you're really not up to snuff right now. Your attitude seems to be less than what it could be. Um, and I just don't want to deal with that. That's what managers, because they're so busy, they don't want to take the time to deal with a troubled employee. They'd rather just kind of, kind of ignore them, kind of ostracize them, and kind of just push them to the side. That's not the Christ-centered way to handle things. The Christ-centered covenantal way is to seek that employee out early and often, and in doing so to document all those conversations that you have, so that if it ever comes to the point where you've got to fire that employee, you've got a, a paper process where everything's being tracked and do documented, because you never want it to look like you just don't like that person. Ah, you just rubbed me the wrong way, and I don't like you, so I'm firing you. That's not, that's not biblical. But, it, but the, you do, as a leader, have to deal with problem employees that don't care, that are unmotivated, and that are poisoning everybody else in your company. So you do have to deal with them quickly, but the way to do it is to do it through a process. It's performance management. It's a dialogue, not a tribunal. And when it does come time to crack the whip and say, I'm sorry, we're going to have to let you go, you can do that firmly but gently because you've demonstrated a long process of dialogue where you, you've supported everything you've said uh, with specifics and not just, eh, you irritate me. Does that make sense? It's huge. And it goes back to the heart attitude. And if you do this well, by the way, you will save your company from lawsuits and you'll keep yourself well within legal requirements for how to deal with employees. Now, externally, the same attitude is at work. Um, again, PR, public relations, almost has a negative connotation to these days because often it just turns, it's all about spin and what can we do to make our company look good, and it's about hype. But I think we're realizing in today's era with the internet, with, with social media like Twitter and Facebook, and any number of things that will probably, has, has yet to be uh, developed, uh, people crave authenticity. They're not impressed with the, the slick PR campaign. They want to know that people really care. They want to know that companies really care. So a PR campaign, if it works well, is proactive. It, it, rather than putting out fires, it keeps the ground wet so that there are no fires. So a PR campaign is only as good as the integrity of the company, as the willingness of that company is to build integrative and long-lasting relationships with external customers, community groups, you know, nonprofits, and so forth. Can you see what I'm at, driving at again? It's about relationship. It's about integrity. It's about mutual accountability. It's about a business not giving a pat answer to a concerned uh, watchdog group or a community group. It's about really humbling themselves and saying, let's talk about your concerns. Let's really make sure we're doing this well. Guys, all of these things we've been talking about in this, this course, about doing the right thing the right way for the right reason, they take time. In many cases, they'll take money. And all of us have a hard time doing the right thing for the right reason and the right way because we're afraid that we will not get done what we need to get done. But you know what? God is faithful. There is always grace for obedience. There is never grace for disobedience or for doing things halfway right. You have to trust the Lord that in making the time to care for employees and making the time to care for the community and for the environment, that God is going to take care of your company. Psalm 37.25 says, I've been young and now I'm old, yet I've not seen the righteous forsaken, nor a seed begging bread. You know, God doesn't promise us abundant wealth, you know, being a millionaire, but he does promise to meet our needs. 
And, you know, we'll, we'll never be at liberty accused of being Marxists. That is just not a biblical worldview, you know, communism and all that. But you know what? We are not called to be materialistic. We are not called to chase wealth. It is not our money. It's from the Lord. The resources, the talents and gifts that we have are from the Lord. And we are called to be good stewards of them. That's our mandate before the Lord. We're going to stand before him at the end of time. And what will we have to show for it all of our lives if we live for expediency and live for money? So I just want to close this, this class and this video with the encouragement to you that God loves you more than you love yourself. And if you'll trust him with your life through the power of Jesus Christ, he'll give you the grace to do the right thing the right way for the right reason. God bless you. Thank you for your time.